Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. My name is Arthur Edwards. I'm the writer and creator of this little podcast. I just want to... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com on here before the show to say that this episode is not written by me. It's written by guest writer Aaron Hines and also performed by him. Aaron's been in the Deepwood Productions family since the beginning and he designed our lovely logo and he's got a really great story ahead for you. So uh, listen in and I'll see you at the credits. Evening, all you fine folks of Redwood out there. Massive Joseph and Wild LeBlanc, or Joe to my friends, of Joe's Diner is taking a stab at this whole DJing mess. You know, I never mess with the radio that much. Unless it was to put on some good old down south tunes while I was working in the kitchen. <laughs> now, all you must be wondering, why is Joe of Eat It Joe's in the studio tonight? And I'll tell you, I honestly thought I was never going to be in this position. But certain uh, events have come to light, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to get some dings off my chest. <sighs> when my mama was raising me, she always taught me. Now, Joseph Benoit, you do right by me and by God, and you's going to be all right, yeah. My mama was a sweet woman who always loved to cook for people. Didn't matter your upbringing, your schooling, nothing. She cooked for you just the same. And nobody gave her no guff, ate what was in front of them, and loved every bite. I wanted to have people treat me the same. So I was constantly at my mother's side. I soaked up all her recipes, all her mannerisms, and soon I even learned what her special ingredient was. She entrusted me with her deepest secrets, and I never let her down. I loved my mama. When I hit the age of 16 and were looking to make it out on my own, my mama sat me down one quiet evening on our porch with a glass of mint julep and some sweet bread. 
As we were rocking in our chairs, my dear sweet mother turned to me and told me it was time to learn her special ingredient. I almost spit up the gulp that I had been taking at that very moment, but I didn't because my mama raised me with manners. I just stared at her over my cup. She looked out past the porch with a thousand-yard stare and then turned back to me with a look I'd never seen on her face before. It was one that would make Lucifer lay down that fiddle and get on back down to the fiery pit. It was the most wicked look. It sent chills up my spine. Still does. <laughs> what my mama told me on that porch those many nights ago it changed me. I saw the world differently. My school friends, my teachers, even my dear sweet mother, they weren't the same to me anymore. No, dear listeners, they weren't people anymore. They were ingredients. <laughs> I knew I needed to take everything that my mama taught me and put it to good use. So I went off and got myself a job at Pop's Soda Shack, just to get my feet wet. I started off as the janitor. Pop had a sick sense of humor, but I worked hard and slowly worked my way up. After a... After a convenient grease fire caused his best line cook to be out of commission for a while, it was my time to shine. And boy, did I shine. They started to feel the seats just to get the taste of my cooking. And I loved to cook, and Pop loved the money. So I approached him one night about taking over the cooking full time, maybe changing the menu up a little bit to fit my style. He laughed in my face and called me a bumpkin. Well, he stopped laughing when I showed him the knife behind my back. Pop was my first true heel. And the ground I got from him was so tender. And it went fast, luckily. We tried to stay open for a spell, but once Pop didn't pay the bills, folks stopped showing up. Yeah, I don't blame them. But I knew what I had to do. And I had the perfect spot. Just on the edge of town, there was some land. I made a deal with the landlord and hired myself a builder. He built me a greasy spoon that would get all the other greasy spoons green with envy if they ever saw it. I showed my appreciation for his hard work with a special stew. I called it the work is special. He laughed, and then he got a look on his face. Mumbled something about a couple of his men not showing up for work that morning. He's not visited my fine establishment yet. And so... Joe's Diner was open. There was no fanfare, no red carpet, no glitz, no glamour even. Just one day, I flipped the sign and opened for business. It was packed in the first hour, and they came hungry. Those first years were golden, family. I cooked so much, and it did my heart good. I'd always be tinkering with a recipe or a new way to make an old dish. People loved my food, plain and simple. They could not get enough. We gotta eat at Joe's. <laughs> I was doing all right for myself, but because I couldn't be in more than one place at a time, I needed to hire some help. 
Every so often, one of them would go missing. Just around that time, why, a new special would be made in their honor. It would come up on that board and sell out before the end of the day. Good old Johnny Law wanted to pin it on me, but my mama didn't raise no fool. Besides, I'd never have time to talk about all that when I was hot at work in the kitchen. I'd distract them with some cherry cobbler and that'd be that. One year, a few of them got some gumption to try and stop me. There was a heavy snowfall and they knew all of Dreadwood would be at home and not in my fine eatery. So they made their way over. And those brazen idiots thought they could even kill me if they had to. As I've said, Mama didn't raise no fool. But she didn't raise no pencil-neck, lily-livered wimp, neither. I typically use tools to get my ingredients, but this time, oh, this time I wanted to feel the bones break under my massive hands. And family, oh, it was gratifying. Once they were all done in, I stood there admiring my work. Then I started cleaning. And then I started prepping. And then I got to cooking. I made a couple pots of chili for the local firehouse. I made a mince pie for old Miss Houghton. I even made some jerky and share it were phenomenal. After using the ingredients proper, I took the clean bones, the torn and ragged uniforms, and I buried them in the snow, away from the diner. When the spring came round, they found the bodies. I didn't have no more trouble with the police after that. I thought I was in the clear. I even slowed down my specials for a while. Until recently. <sighs> I had been getting some requests to make another special, and I'd been feeling a draw to get my hands dirty again. I would be fine, but I stupidly chose the wrong target. He was a spindly man. I thought I could get some good sausage out of him. So I waited, and out he came. Out of white magic pawn. I should have walked away right then and there. But I got impatient. <gasps> I got old. It took longer than it should have to take him out. He was more spry than I gave him credit for. But eventually, he gave in, and I went to pick up his body. I looked up. There was that damn Leon staring at me. You see, Leon was never a patron of mine. But he left me to my business, and I left him to his. Until that night, I knew I had finally been foolish. I knew it was only a matter of time before my misdeeds would catch up to me, and family, the Piper is here, and he is mad something fierce. I started to receive little signs that my end was here. My cooking was not the fireworks that people had come to expect. My produce was going bad faster. My prep cook cut his hand off. You know, little subtle hints here and there. Finally, tonight I got the biggest hint in having my grill explode. I had just walked outside to get a breath of fresh air and calm my nerves when I heard the boom. Ran back inside and saw the inferno. I knew my time was up. So I started walking towards the station. 
Hearing the sirens go the other direction, I walked all the way to the Redwood radio station. The door was unlocked. Somehow I knew it would be. And here I am, still covered in soot, grease, and regret. Oh, I, I don't regret killing anyone, mind you. But I do regret not getting to do that damn sausage. Well, family, that'll be the dental bill. I'm just glad I'll finally get to see my mama again. I'll get to tell her the gumbo I made out of her was the best I ever tasted. And remember, folks, eat at Joe's. Dreadwood Press Radio is produced by Deepwood Productions. This episode was guest written and performed by Aaron Hines. You can find Dreadwood online at Radio Dreadwood on Twitter or at Dreadwood Press Radio on Instagram. You can also visit our website at deepwoodproductions.com for merch and Patreon content. Thanks so much for listening and uh, hey, stay safe out there. Until next time. <laughs>